0: So important. And I get it. It's really hard to get in there, especially when you're running so many miles and you're out there running all the time and trying to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to incorporate that? But really after getting injured and now that I'm a master runner, I've really seen the importance of having strength work into your workouts. You are listening to the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks, Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of No Gimmicks, Just Sweat. And today we welcome Amy Armstrong to the show. Amy, how are you doing?
0: Hi, Eric. Good, good. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, thanks for coming on the show. Glad to have you.
0: Nice. So, it's a pleasure.
1: So as with every episode we have, we kind of start with, you know, some icebreaker questions, you know, kind of the warm up so that, you know, your listeners can kind of get to know a little bit about you. As well as myself, even though I do follow you online, you know, <laughs> I always learn something new when I throw out these questions to guests. So, are you ready? Sounds
0: good. Yep, let's do it.
1: All right. Morning runs or evening runs?
0: Definitely, um, probably morning runs. My preference is the lunch runs, especially during the winter. I love to see the sun, and it kind of breaks up my day. So if lunch were a preference, I would definitely select that. Um, Otherwise, mornings.
1: Okay. Solo runs or group runs?
0: Um, That's a tough one. I actually enjoy both. I like to be social and chat with people, but I also like to have some runs where I'm alone, and that also helps with um, pacing. Sometimes I do my runs slower, so not needing to rely on others for pace.
1: Okay. All right. And I probably know the answer to this uh, run on a treadmill or run outside?
0: Uh, definitely outside. I try to avoid the treadmill as much as possible. Um, I only maybe run. <laughs> couple times a year on the treadmill uh if i absolutely have to i enjoy the outside no matter what the weather is
1: again who doesn't love running outside
0: that's right you get the sun the fresh air um i do mind the wind that would be my least favorite element but otherwise everything's good
1: okay wind is okay if the weather's good i don't like wind and cold i can deal with cold but cold and wind; those are two things I don't like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I actually love cold. Um, that would be my preference over heat. I run way better.
1: Oh, okay, interesting. All right, maybe Tra- it's
0: a Canadian in me.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Trail runs or road runs?
0: Mm, that's that's a tough one too because I tend to do both. Um, I would. I love trail runs. They're so therapeutic. Yeah. And trail can mean, you know, a variety of, like, I do trails even though they're next to the road, technically, or they might be concrete, um, but considered a trail. Um, however, I love to do trail runs in the mountain as well, and just being out in nature, and if there's views, that's definitely a bonus. Okay.
1: It's just such the tranquility of running on a trail, you know, you're you, no cars around, no people, just you and the natural outdoors.
0: Yep. The birds chirping and your footsteps and that's it. <laughs>
1: yep, that's it. All right. What's your favorite race distance to run?
0: Um, well, currently is the mile, definitely. Um, I've dabbled in marathons, um, and my body was having a hard time handling it. So now I'm definitely focused more on shorter distances, so the mile and the 5K.
1: Okay. All right. First thing you do after a race?
0: Um, Probably look for food. <laughs> <laughs> I always seem to be hungry. That's actually the first thing I think about when I get out of bed. Um, so, yeah water, and um, some food.
1: All right. What's your go-to food after a race?
0: Well, technically what they have on hand, because that (laughs) that would be the (laughs) most available. So, you know, your usual race banana would be included. I'm really not a picky eater, um, but I will definitely try, if I have control, um, to make sure that there's some carbs and also some protein, just for recovery purposes.
1: Okay. All right. What's your dream race to run?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. So right now, I really don't have a dream race. um, But I'm always open to possibilities and like to leave that open for something that'll come along and also add some spice to my training or racing. So like, for example, this year, instead of a race in January, I did the stair climb, which is something different for me that I don't get to do all the time. Um, So that was definitely fun and if there's travel involved um beautiful location that's always a plus
1: okay all right if you can go on a run with any celebrity or athlete dead or alive who would it be and why
0: okay that's a tough one too um i would say no one in particular however i love to laugh and I love if people are funny and can entertain me. So it would be great to uh, go on a run with somebody really funny, a comedian maybe, and then that way I could just laugh the entire run. That would be so much fun. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it make you forget about the miles you're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they say laughter is the best medicine. So that would also help.
1: Okay. All right. Last question. Okay. Dream, lo- dream location anywhere in the world you would want to go for a run?
0: Ooh. Well, right now, I've been looking at Ecuador in terms of places that I'd like to travel. So that would probably be a great place to, to run. Um, I like that there's a combination of the ocean and also the mountains. Um, so I think that would be fun to explore. There would be a lot of options.
1: Okay, nice, nice. All right, so as with every show we want to get started by learning who you are um and i always kind of word it as think of yourself as a superhero and you know you know if you want to if you're a fan of the mcu marvel movies and stuff think is, this is your first movie your, you know your own screen is telling your origin story so what how did you get started in running and and get to where you are now?
0: Um, I started running probably, well, probably when I was 10, but nothing serious. Um, just that's when I realized that I could be fast um, in school, especially when they had these little tests and you got to run against your peers. And so um, I didn't really have any structured running at the time, but then later on in life, I picked up soccer and I really wanted to be in shape for soccer. So I would go out runs in the evenings or on my off days. And that also helped me um, not just physically, but also, you know, dealing with stress from school or life in general. Um, So I really was benefiting from that. And then I went off to college, um, started playing soccer there as well, and then decided to join the track team. And so I did indoor track during the winter. And that was interesting because I was running 300 meters and 600 meters, which not your typical distances but i really liked it i really enjoyed the 600 meter especially um that's where i was stronger and so um, i did that throughout college and then took a little break um and by break i mean competitively so i was running more for fun Um, i moved around a lot for either work or just travel so what I liked about that was I got to run in different locations. Um, I would find groups to run with um, or even coaches. And so just join the group and do their workouts. Um, and then when I moved to Colorado, that was in 2004, um, of course, I had to adjust to the elevation. So that was a little bit of a challenge there for the first, I would say, six months or so. Um, And then would run still to keep fit, but nothing really competitive. Um, And then in 2010, I, for some reason, had the idea that I wanted to run a marathon. And so (laughs) I joined a group that specialized in marathon training and basically decided, okay, I'm just going to try it. My A goal, which was kind of lofty, was to qualify for Boston And so um, I got hooked, actually. It was very interesting to go from middle distance sprinting, essentially, um, to the marathon. But what really got me hooked was the people that I was running with. So every Saturday, we go out for long runs. And you're on your feet for such a long time that you really get to know these people really well and just their stories and um it's beyond small talk. So um that kept me going even though my body was kind of questioning the whole marathon thing. Um and I did my first marathon. Oddly enough my first one didn't go well because um a couple of days before I got sick during my taper. So I'm wondering if my body wasn't responsive enough to this whole taper thing. Got sick, um, tried to hydrate enough so that at least I could go and show up at the race. I wanted to have that start line experience and that whole pre-race experience for the marathon. And so I started off and I did half. So that was great. So at least I got that under my belt and then just postponed my first marathon, um, a couple months later. So I got some more training and then finally it was, was it November or December that I was able to do a full marathon and that was in 2010. And so, um, that went well and I actually qualified for Boston on my first try. So okay. I was, Extremely happy about that, even though I technically DNF my first marathon. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yep.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's kind of talk about what does a week of training look like for you?
0: Um, it's usually I would run about five to six days a week. Especially right now, I'm focusing more on six days a week, just because I'm doing more of base building, so time on my feet, more mileage. Um, and then I don't do doubles, so I would definitely just have one run per day. Um, and then probably two workouts, two harder workouts where I'm doing some sort of intervals or speed work. And then of course, I do have my long run once a week. So this morning, that's what I was doing Um, And then also in that, including cross training. So sometimes I'll just go for hikes just to flush out the legs, you know, nothing hard, just something short um, or snowshoeing or definitely um, I do strength training two or three times a week as well.
1: I love it. You said strength training two, three times a week. Uh, You're You're, you're one of my new favorite people
0: now. Oh.
1: (laughs) I always tell people strength training is important. You
0: have to add it in there. <laughs> it's so important and I get it. It's really hard to get in there, especially when you're running so many miles and you're out there running all the time and trying to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to incorporate that? But really after getting injured and now that I'm a master runner, I've really seen the importance of having strength work into your workouts yes you
1: you you hear a lot from people saying like you know and, and and I do think it's changing a little bit where like you know to be a stronger faster runner you just have to run 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 and you know and you've kind of said the key thing that now that you're a master runner you you kind of see that you know as we get older you know this you know maintaining strength is very 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 important and that is is one of the things that kind of helps you keep running.
0: Yes, you definitely feel stronger. Um, towards the end of the run, you notice a difference because you're stronger. Um, it just helps, carries you through, helps with my speed. So, um, yeah, I finally listened and <laughs> did incorporate <laughs> it. And it's been probably now two or three years where it's very consistent in my training and I don't you know skip any of my weight workouts
1: okay and you know do you have or has you had a coach or trainer in the past to help you
0: yes um so in terms of weight um I was fortunate enough to have Nell Rojas as my coach and she is very big on weight training and so that really sold me even though I do have a friend who I do runs with and he owns a strength mobility and performance gym Um, he always talked about strength and the importance and he's you know a great runner Um, but oddly enough you know I always had that excuse of well I can't find time I didn't incorporate it so after working with Nell and just seeing what it did um, with her performance and just seeing how important it is, then I that really sold me and I just kept at it. But I do have to say there was an adaptation phase. Um, so when I first started incorporating regularly in my training, um, I did see a little bit of a dip when it came to my running and also paces. Um, so just keeping that in mind that your body might need to adapt initially.
1: Okay. So uh, I'm going to kind of circle back a little bit. And sure. I remember you, you, know, you mentioned that, you know, your favorite race this is to run is the one miler and then probably next to be the 5k. With those, you that's generally speed. So how do you prepare for that?
0: Yes. So, um, well, I <laughs> do need to incorporate some speed work. Right. And then now that again, being a master runner, um, a lot more recovery. So that's why even some weeks last year, I was running five days a week instead of six, cause I just needed that extra day off. Mm-hmm. Um, also making sure that I recover really well from them, whether it's nutrition or physically would say like foam rolling or mobility work. And, um, You know, I still need a base, so I do still need to have a good aerobic base to start off with, but definitely speed and strength. So the weight training does help.
1: Right. You know, because I always tell people that, you know, with 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, you can kind of really develop a strategy on how you're going to tackle that race. Whereas with a five k, you know, it's pretty much you got three miles. You you know, it it you can have a strategy, but you know, it's over so fast. You know, you you either gonna go out well or you're just gonna bust.
0: Yes, you do need to think quick. It happens really fast. Um, but yes, you do have a strategy. Strategy, even though I'm running only a mile, um, I do have what works for me and.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you mind sharing what works for you?
0: Um, well, I feel like I need to be a little bit more control. Um, okay. <laughs> so sometimes you think, okay, well, I need to go fast. So just staying in control, um, and then letting it go, and let's go. Let's run fast.
1: <laughs> All right. So, how do you fuel? You know for races you know especially when you're looking at matter of fact you know how do you fuel for you know the shorter distance races where it's very much a lot with speed as opposed to races such as half marathons and marathons where it's more on the endurance
0: yes um well since I've done both it's um for me I need I need to eat like I'm a consistent eater, I need to have my three meals. And then of course, I have snacks throughout the day, depending on how hungry I am, where in my training, am I? Um, So before races, what works for me is probably like English muffin with butter and jam. And then if it's later in the day, then I'll have to have something uh, with a little bit more substance. So I'll be able to tolerate eggs and cheese, maybe um, if the race is at 10 o'clock, but if it's earlier, then a little bit of carbs. Um, The trick also for me is staying hydrated. I love coffee. And so even every day, I need to track my water intake because I'm really bad in the morning of getting my water because I want it all to be caffeine. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) yes, so before races, yes, definitely trying to um, stay hydrated. Okay.
1: So do you have any go-to products um, that you use for races?
0: Um, I do like electrolytes. Um, I'm trying some brands here and there just to see. But I find that if I have electrolytes in my water prior to my race, um, or even this morning before my long run, I feel better, okay. um, but still, you know, trying out different products.
1: Okay. All right. So it's 2023. And even though we don't like to look back at it, 2020 was a bus for everyone. Everything shut down. Uh, and it shut down a lot for people, not just from a racing standpoint, but also from a training standpoint. Um, did it have a major effect on you? And if so, how did you adjust and you know, and was that adjustment something that was beneficial to you that you kind of continue with now? Or was it just like, okay, I adjusted for this, we're back to normal now, you know, and I'm doing air quotes, we're back to normal. You know, I'm run, I'm back to my old training and preparing for races.
0: Oh, definitely for me, um, there was a change and I never looked back and it was somewhat of a blessing too, um, because I was able to chill, take a step back, reassess what I wanted to do. And so at the time I basically was trying to get out more, um, try different activities. So, That helped me with cross-training. It also helped me to slow things down in terms of listening to my body, um, recovering better, and also not going into some run stress. Like I just had a little bit more time or flexibility or say if I was working from home, didn't have to drive anywhere. So that extra time into my day. Um, So that really helped me... um, to really chill (laughs) and focus more on recovery and also the process, like not just the outcome and always being like, go, go, go. Okay. I need to figure out a goal. I need to figure out a race. I could just really um, take a step back and reassess everything.
1: Right. And and I think that benefit everyone, you know, myself included, because we, like you said, we had a moment to step back and look at things, you know, you know, it. You know, we were allowed to kind of look at things a little bit differently, look at how we were approaching things, let our bodies, you know, properly recover, you know, and kind of reassess things. So it was kind of like a a, a reset, so to speak. Yes. Okay. So, as an athlete, you know, yeah, you know, you know, we we might not be the, you know, elite or pro athletes, but we're athletes, and one of the things that all athletes struggle with is finding balance. Um, So how do you manage to kind of stay balanced and calm while, you know, doing your training, you know, to kind of stay at the performance level that works for you?
0: Well, I would say for me, um, my attitude and having fun, I need to have fun. And so sometimes when things get too serious. I just need to take a step back and remember, you know, why am I doing this? And maybe, um, having an attitude of fun instead. So maybe playing a little bit of a game with my workouts instead of it being so structured, um, and goal oriented. Um, so that really helps me. And then also, being in nature so if i can take some of my runs or some of my activities like i mentioned like maybe hiking or snowshoeing or do cross-country skiing so at least i'm outside i'm in nature and just enjoying the scenery
1: yeah enjoying life all right i ask this of all runners what's your go-to running shoe?
0: Um, well, it depends on the race. So for the mile, I've really been enjoying the A6 Metaspeed. The only thing um, with that shoe, I don't wear it for 5Ks because I find it has like a pronounced rocker. So it propulses me forward. um, But just the 5K, I feel more comfortable in the Saucony and um, I use the Endorphin Pro for the 5Ks.
1: Okay. And and I think a lot of people, and I've had this conversation with other people as well, that, you know, you know, especially new runners, you know, they kinda think that okay, I just gotta get one shoe and I gotta stick with that shoe. And I and I tell people sometimes that depending on you know what race you're running and the type of running that you do, you might have multiple shoes. You might have shoes that are four or five games. You might have a shoe that you use for half. You might have a shoe that you use for marathon. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Exactly. And even for workouts. um, Yes. Yes. You know, I have my, I'll say, quote unquote, regular running shoes, um, which is the on cloud flyer that I wear the most. And then, of course, then I'll have some tempo shoes. (laughs) So it just varies.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, you know, and I and I know with a lot of people, kind of that gets expensive. I'm like, yeah, it can. I was like, but at the same time, it's it's based on your comfort level as far as on your body. You know, um, there was someone I was talking with recently that you know was having a lot of shin splints, and I'm like, you may need to look at look at your shoe. I was like, that could be the cause of it, and I think that was the exact cause of it. Was the type of shoe they were running in, the type of running they were doing.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. i you know you have to try different things, see what works best for you, and also getting fitted for shoes is not a yeah. bad idea
1: yes 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 it it's generally free if you go to a running store, you know, I always tell people, try to avoid yes, you can get decent shoes going to dick sports or whatever shoe I said, but if you go to a true you know, running store, running shoe store, they will work with you to get the right fit and find the right shoe for you.
0: Exactly. They're very knowledgeable. And also, you know, depending on the activity, like do you want to do trails or are you doing road running? So they can definitely help you find that perfect fit.
1: Yes. All right. This is a two-part question here. All right. First part, your proudest moment as a runner, And the second part is your worst moment or biggest mistake you've made as a runner.
0: Okay. So my proudest moment without a doubt is last year. Um, I was determined to set the Canadian masters, uh, women's 45 to 49 mile record. Mm -hmm. And so, um, We had that goal in mind going into 2022, and the race uh, was in May. And so, ran the race. Everything went well, and I did set the record. Um, The record was formerly 5:34, and I ran a gun time of 5:13. So that is now the new record. So that was really exciting. And then, I guess my biggest mistake. Um, that I've made as a runner well you know I've made so many because I've been running now for (laughs) for a long time Mm -hmm. Um, I would say number one not listening to my body and letting my ego take over so you really need to listen Um, your body has cues it has messages and sometimes instead of pushing the pace you just need to reel it back and really listen Um, recover properly uh, taking recovery seriously and then also as I've mentioned before you know the cross training piece which for me is strength.
1: Ego for runners is is interesting thing it it, it hits everyone we we allow our ego to kind of push us when we shouldn't be pushed.
0: (laughs) Yeah and I mean I was thinking about that, funny enough, a couple of weeks ago, how the ego is important. Like when you're racing, I mean, I'm using my ego, basically. But the thing is, is that you can't always be in your ego because that's just really tiring. So you just have to take a step back. And for me, that's been enjoying the moment and the process and not focus on the outcome so much. Yes, definitely.
1: All right. You are a master runner, I am a master runner. So what would your message to people be if you're trying to get them into running and they're saying, like, no, nah, it's too late for me to do it. I didn't run, you know, there's no yeah, it's not for me. I'm too old. What what would be your message to them?
0: I would say definitely go for it. Um, it's never too late to start. And the thing is, is that you know, it's okay to have lofty goals and dream big, but really start with small achievable goals. It's like building blocks. So start there one step at a time. And then, you know, then you can see, oh, you know, you have small successes. It's like little building blocks. It creates mm-hmm. momentum. And then next thing you know, you're there.
1: <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So if you can go back, and tell your younger self something based upon what you know now, what would it be?
0: Um, definitely chill out, um, trust the process, enjoy the process, be patient because when you're focusing on outcomes too much, you know, that just creates stress. So you don't need that. Um, just do the work. And then also, um, you know, really built in those recovery runs. And I mean, recovery runs, they should be, we say easy. I don't always find them easy. <laughs> because sometimes I'm like, okay, I want to go faster. Or sometimes your <laughs> body just needs that rest and you're struggling through it. So I don't know that I would call them easy runs. Uh, but definitely recovery runs, you need those.
1: That's that ego talking. That's ego again.
0: Exactly. You gotta shut that ego down.
1: <laughs> All right. So, what is a non-running fact about you that most people don't know?
0: Um. Okay. Well, I would say stacking wood. People don't realize wow. that every fall, um, or even midsummer, um, I'm a wood stacker. So we have a wood boiler. It's a big one, it's about 2,000 gallons. And so we order six to ten cords of wood. And so once it's all um, split, then my job is to stack the wood. and I love it. My wood piles need to look perfect. so, Um, (laughs) it's a very enjoyable process. However, I need to be careful because in the past, um, sometimes I really get into it. It's kind of like a flow. It's very meditative, Mm -hmm. but then I don't focus on form so much. So my lower back sometimes can get irritated. Uh Um, so now I just have to do shorter bursts of it and then really focus on form. Okay. Okay. yeah
1: but that's a form of workout too so you're, you're 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 doing something you enjoy but you're also getting a good workout exactly it, it's cross training
0: look at it like that cross training yeah and, and it's something different so
1: yeah. all right so what's next for you you got uh are you trained for anything right now or do you have any races um, on the calendar
0: I do. So for this year, I've only focused, um, my training so far in races, um, through spring. So I don't really have anything set so far in the summer or the fall yet. That'll come. Um, so one of my immediate races that I'll be doing is I'm heading to Florida And nice little vacation, but I always like to do a race there and usually a 5K. So I'll be starting my vacation with a race. Um, So looking forward to that. And then I do have another 5K in April, and then I'll be looking at doing uh, mile races because they're all in that April, May time frame. Okay. All
1: right. Any last words you want to kind of share with the listeners?
0: Um not specifically. Anything else you want to know about me <laughs> or <laughs> well, I can
1: go on for hours. <laughs> um, but I do appreciate you coming up to the show.
0: Yeah, it was my pleasure. This is really great.
1: Yes. And if somebody wants to kind of get in contact with you or you know, just kind of connect with you, follow you online? How can they do so?
0: Um, I guess the best way would be through Instagram. So my handle is amyarmstrong7, so they can find me there.
1: Okay. Well, Amy, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate this.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Eric.
1: All right. Well, you have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you. You too.
1: Okay.
0: Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.